0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. I'm Paul, and I'm Eric. That's right, and we're back here with uh, part two of our Doom Patrol series. Uh, we're kind of narrowing down what kind of issues we were doing last week. We were a little unsure, but I can give everyone the the full schedule this time. Uh, what our plans are. Yeah, it took um, a little bit. <laughs> yes, we, we well because it, it's a it's a long run, and like I wanted to cover as much of it as possible. But as I was looking through it, I was like, there's a lot of things in here that like. There's just so much in so little time, and like some of it, honestly, I, I hate to admit, is skippable. Honestly,
1: oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of filler stuff that you can kind of brush over. Yeah,
0: and some stuff that's like super not like kind of relevant to the show, also. So I exactly there's, there's things we and, can choose better. And
1: there's like I mean, later on after the stuff we literally finished today is the recreator or the decreator story, right. which they did pretty much almost exactly the same in the show. And not exactly, with some, with but some cool differences. Exactly. No, the, yeah. the additions or differences they yeah. made were amazing. But yeah. Oh so, uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: so this week what we're going to be doing is we're going to be covering, because uh, last week we left off at issue 25 of Doom Patrol. That's essentially volume one. I looked up like the way they printed it. Okay. Um, so we're going to be doing most of volume two today. We're going to be doing issues 26 through 30. That'll be, leave us off with uh, the very famous issue of, like, Robot Man going into the, the underground. underground that yeah. They pretty much straight adapted that for the show.
1: Yeah, very, almost the same. Yeah, so, we'll,
0: so that's what we'll be leaving off for today. And then that'll leave us with issues 31 through 35 next week, which is pretty much, like you said, the whole Decreator arc. Uh, yep. A short little arc with the Brotherhood of Evil, or what's left of them as well, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then... I included the first issue of an arc, which I feel bad about, but I wanted to get that first Danny the Street issue in there.
2: Oh, you have to. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we're going to be covering that as well, even though we're not finishing that arc. But. Yeah, I know. Because we, we, for the final episode, we want to skip ahead a little bit to the ending of this, because as much as I'd like to cover all of the Grant Morrison run, I would like to get some of the other writers like in yeah. there as well, because Grant Morrison is probably the biggest influence, but there's some other good shit that I'm discovering like for the Doom Patrol out there as well.
1: Yeah, I'm a few issues into Gerard Way's run, and yep. that's been really good. Yeah,
0: that's a really good one, because now... Nick Darrington is like one of my favorite artists. Yeah, the artist is fantastic in yep. that. Also, the Rachel Pollack run on Doom Patrol has been really good as well. So I'd like to cover a little bit, at least the first arc of that one as well, because the the sex ghosts are great characters, and I want to make
1: them. <laughs> yeah, they they showed up in the second season.
0: Yep, we'll talk about them next week when we because uh, we're also uh, we're finally starting our coverage yeah. of season two of the show as well. Yep. Um. So we're going to be talking about the first three episodes because this season's only nine. Last season was what thirteen? Uh, Fifteen. Oh, really? It, yeah, was it was 15 episodes? It, yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty hefty. Yeah, so this is like almost like. This is a pretty drastic reduction.
1: And, like, I mean, you were talking about it earlier. A lot of that probably had to do with COVID. Well, that's what I just found out as yeah. I was
0: looking at the episode list. There was a little uh, note at the bottom that the season was supposed to originally be 10. Yeah. So it was still going to be reduced. But yeah,
1: by. Yeah, pretty much a third. Right. But, I mean.
0: It was still going to be like 10 episodes. It only got cut off because the final episode was literally during production as COVID started. Yeah, exactly.
1: Which kind of sucks because that's... It's not going to end how they had originally envisioned it, so it's going to be choppy. I have probably. a feeling
0: that it was probably rewritten to a heavy extent. I, I mean, I would that. hope, yeah, yeah, because like I feel like TV's written on the fly. Like that happened with Titans as well. Although with Titans, they <laughs> decided to cut it in editing for some reason, so they Suicide Squatted it. Yeah, I don't know. It was a mess. <laughs> that, that we don't need. To, uh, we don't need. To, uh, maybe we will talk about that show because there's kind of there's a lot to break down there. Honestly, I
1: mean, I <laughs> not good stuff. Some of the stuff I like watched in passing when you had it on back when it was playing. Like looked. Semi decent, like at parts. There's an episode with the Doom Patrol, too. (laughs) Yeah, and the Crypto.
0: I don't think we've talked about that Doom Patrol stuff yet. I don't think I haven't seen it. I think we should talk about that because I haven't um, seen it. I'm surprised we didn't talk about it on the Super Sons episode we did where we talked about the pilot. Oh, yeah. But you should see it because it's not good, but it's weird to see because
1: isn't, um, isn't someone that is in it that isn't in the show? Uh yeah, Chief is recasted. He's yeah, someone that's different. Yeah, right. that was it. Um, Who was he, it in the episode? Uh, I can't, I don't know the actor's okay, name. Okay, fuck. Um but it's
0: it's like a different actor and he like walks around like he says he cured himself of like being in a wheelchair,
1: which is strange. I mean, that's kind of how it works in the comics. Oh, it is, but then <laughs> the
0: strange part is that later on in the episode, he gets in a fight with Raven and Raven re-injures him and he goes back in the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my. Yo, you totally told me that. Yeah. That is hilarious. So, yeah, it's a
0: little bit of uh, hokey writing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, like, why? Why would you even do that? Right. Just just, to have, like, a fuck you to the It seems like a Futurama
0: bit. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, (laughs) back to the status quo.
1: I forgot to cure my bonitis. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, but yeah that's weird and then also it's weird because Beast Boy is implied to have been like a member of the Doom Patrol this whole time yeah that's right and he like lives in the basement of the mansion which thank god that didn't happen in the show it's just weird that they tried to tie those two universes together when Doom Patrol like pretends that never happened
1: (laughs) yeah because didn't Beast Boy originally come from Doom Patrol in the comics you mean
0: yeah yeah he said he he was originally a Doom uh, Patrol character so it makes sense why you would tie them together yeah I never
1: I would have never guessed that it's
0: just weird that it's such a one-sided relationship where Titans is like yeah the Patrol, we're part of the same crew. <laughs> right? And Doom Patrol's like, I don't even know that guy. <laughs> yeah. like,
1: we've been friends forever, right? We're close as hell. Like, uh, I who? live in your basement. Uh, no, the fuck you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get the hell out.
0: Yeah, so that is a little strange. I don't know that they. It's like kind of like how the the Marvel movies and the Marvel TV shows tie in. All the TV shows oh, are like, yeah, we're the same universe, and the movies are like, I don't think so.
1: Like, I mean, you can say that legally, but don't don't take advantage of it. <laughs> so yeah,
0: go back and watch that uh, if you have time and nothing else to do i mean
1: one of these days i'll check it out i'm sure yeah
0: <laughs> uh but without further ado we're going to be getting into what our job was for today we're going to be getting into volume two of the doom patrol as i mentioned uh we're going to be starting out with issue uh what would this be here 26 26 that's right and i'm just to get the creative team out here again um i'm realizing now that the inker and the colorist uh change a lot throughout this run so i apologize that i'm not giving out everybody's names um but it's still grant morrison and richard case uh, richard case does the pencils inks on this at least the start of this run was uh john nyberg uh with colors by danny vozo and letters by john workman again that one was consistent yeah um, but richard case is still on the art richard case does the art for i think this entire run
1: i mean he, there's it, fill-ins it's definitely a, it's definitely all of grant morrison
0: yeah and then he actually doesn't
1: he do it for rachel Pollack too
0: yeah, he. I was gonna say he stays on for Rachel Pollock yeah, as well. Yeah, nuts. Um, so he actually is on this run. Like, it's, I, I wish more runs would do that. Keep the art consistent even after a writer change it, when it's possible. I yeah, know yeah. The artists are busy now, people, but
1: he does the covers too, right? uh case?
0: i think some of the covers i don't think he does most of them i could be i could be completely wrong because whoever
1: i gotta look that up because some of the covers whoever does them or if it's richard case looks a lot like ralph steadman i think that's nice it's the dude who did all of like hunter s thompson's artwork oh okay it, yeah i, I want to I mean, i'm pretty sure I, know, it's ralph I, I, I can't find the information but, on i should, lo- I should look i should look that up because yeah. it looks very similar
0: i'll have to amend that on twitter yeah no oh, it actually does say here cover artist by simon bisley okay interesting uh, and I, I'm pretty sure he does the covers for a lot of these because the, it's a consistent style through. Yeah, because that
1: his style reminds me a lot of Stedman. Okay. It's like all the Gonzo like artwork and shit. Right,
0: right. Um, but where we start this issue, it, it's kind of this what this arc was going to be about was kind of hinted at in what we were reading last week. There were little snippets at the end of each issue where we saw Mister Nobody like recruiting people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, like pulling them off the street who were it's it was people who were affected by the gene bomb. Yeah, which is something we've talked about a little bit. It's it's something that's brushed over in this because it happened in another book. Um, was that
1: the original? The like what the original Doom Patrol? I believe it happened thing. in
0: Doom Patrol. I think it might have happened in an event. Too, oh, okay. Because I was researching it, and it was a little unclear 80s? to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the gene bomb—it's—it's kind of just like—it's uh, kind of like what they did with the Inhumans in Marvel recently, where a bomb went off and gave a bunch of people their powers. Okay. Um, so that's why a lot of these people in Mister Nobody's crew that he's recruiting here all have powers. That's why he re- hes recruiting them.
1: So these are the, like the misfit. I think we talked about this last. Yeah, week they're, they're, they're like, like the, the Brotherhood of Evil toys. Mutants. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. there's
0: like this whole book is very X-Men. Oh, yeah. And there's even like an X-Men spoof character in this opening bit here with uh, with Sunburst. Yeah. He runs into the first person who we're going to be introduced to uh, as the Brotherhood of Evil here, um, which is probably my favorite one. Uh, Her name is The Quiz. She's kind of cool because her power is that she has every power you haven't thought of. Yeah. So literally, uh, Sunburst here has to explain that he was only able to capture her by thinking of every power she was using, and Mm. it disabled her, like left her powerless. Yep. Um, Which is an awesome idea. Right. So you you got to just kind of keep on your toes and never stop thinking. Yeah, it comes up later in an awesome way. Oh, yeah, (laughs) when she's battling Rebus. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, But it kind of just goes around with Mr. Nobody recruiting all these people. We've been slowly introduced to them, like we said, over time. Um, But then as it pans back, we get our first reveal of Mr. Nobody. And this is one of the best uh, pages from uh, Richard Case that we've gotten so far, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because I love this shot of, like, because it's Mr. Nobody's reveal. It's the first time we see him. We've just been hinted at him so far. And it just, like, pans back of him in his apartment with just, like, a bunch of, like, kind of, like, kitsch kind of shit.
1: Yeah, and this is, like, uh, friggin' prime Graham Morrison because he he likes to do this a lot because he was obviously... Huge and like the whole UK uh, punk scene back in the day. Like he, yeah. I, he used to be in a band. Like with that, oh, he really? was huge into that. the music scene. Okay. Yeah, so like a lot of his issues and stuff, he'll name after like famous songs. Like Nowhere Man's a Beatles song. Oh, okay, that's and, like, cool. And earlier, the, the that's the name of this the the Red yeah. jack. Yeah, the Red Jack issue was named the House of Jack Bill, which is a famous like 60s song. Yeah, so, he like, references
0: the Beatles a lot. Of noticed oh yeah, he loves the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, they, sh- they showed up in Klaus too. Klaus gave him a present. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and
1: well, John Lennon's in the Invisibles too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, he references
0: lo- Yeah, he referenced he's already referenced John Lennon like 3 times in this book. Oh yeah. No, for sure. He's yeah, he uses that a lot. Uh, but this this art kind of has like a theme also along with it, uh, kind of like showing contrasting art styles. Like Mr. Nobody's whole apartment here is all like kitsch items and then as we get into the painting, which we'll talk about later, like literally each world is a different art style. Yep. Um so I thought that was kind of a cool like different um like, using the painting as a way to comment on, like, how the different styles interact with each other and how some of them have kind of more heart than others. Yeah, like,
1: um, the what is it is he calls, like, the multicolor city or the technicolor city or whatever. It was just, like, a whole bunch of rainbow-colored, like, skyscrapers and everything. Right,
0: and th- that kind of brings me to one thing I wanted to talk about with Mr. Nobody in general, which is kind of his differences in the comic versus in the mo- – not in the movie, in the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> Because in in the comic, I feel like his motivations are a lot different. They kind of... Oh, yeah. Or at least they're at an earlier point in his life in the show, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in the comic, Mr. Nobody... Well, I'll, I'll go with the one people know first. In the show... Uh, Mr. Nobody has like a very personal me- uh, vendetta. Like yeah. he- he's kind of like loopy and kind of mad, but he he has an agenda. Like he has a calculated plan to get there. Usually,
1: yeah. Like he has a traceable motivation. Right. He's doing
0: things all for a reason, a personal reason because he's angry. Like it's a human emotion. Like, yeah.
1: It's a revenge thing. Yeah. They
0: humanize the character a little bit. Yeah. Um. But in the- in the comics, he's more of like a like an abstract idea. He's literally a person who's like gone insane. Yep. And he uh like kind of views it as like liberating. It's kind of almost like the Joker if he became Doctor Manhattan
1: yeah it's at at, honestly is a decent way to put it
0: yeah Uh, because he's just gone crazy because he doesn't understand perceptions of reality anymore because we'll see his whole whole (laughs) origin here of why that happened um so now he's kind of just like well like my life is wonderful now that i've kind of just like accepted the loopy pointlessness of everything i think everyone should understand like i don't really need to hurt anybody i just want you all to go insane
1: yeah like i (laughs) I never have a dull moment like every moment is filled with madness and insanity like i think everyone should live this way
0: So that's kind of what his pitch is, and that's kind of what his motivations are throughout this entire run, too. He's pretty consistent. He's just kind of like, yeah, we should all just be crazy. It's more fun. Yeah, (laughs) everyone's boring. And so he's kind of recruited his own crew here, which initially we're, we're kind of led to believe is going to be called the Brotherhood of Evil.
1: Because yeah. the Brotherhood
0: of Evil is an old school Doom Patrol villain, they're like a super team of like you know ragtag misfit villains, like you talked about. Yeah. Um, but they were they were led by um, by the Brain and uh, um, the Gorilla guy. I forget his name now, Monsieur yeah, Gorilla or whatever. Yeah, I can't. I, I know what you're talking about though. Um, but they they were in the original Brotherhood of Evil, and uh, we're kind of implied to think that Eric Morden was in the Brotherhood of Evil. Yeah. But he keeps mentioning like when he's giving his origin story here, he keeps mentioning that like nobody like remembers him and I, I, it's because he's a Grant Morrison creation he just started existing
1: yeah exactly so it's kind of like his meta
0: comment on like why does nobody realize who I am
1: yeah, it's like oh was he like boring and didn't like stand out and it's like uh, yeah maybe right. he's like I,
0: I fought the Doom Patrol but the, none of them remember me I did battle <laughs> with them with a giant red robot yeah because they I, mentioned that that shows up in the show yeah yep,
1: and as like yeah as he slowly introduced to different members he'll be like oh yeah I'm Mr. Nobody but you'll probably remember me, remember me as Eric Morden actually no you probably won't remember that either <laughs> right but yeah
0: so we're basically going to get uh, w- here we're gonna get dr dr nobody <laughs> I'm, I'm calling him dr manhattan i know now, i call him insane dr. it's crossed now <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh mr nobody we're gonna we're gonna get his whole origin here as he describes it to who we think is gonna be the brotherhood of evil but will be the brotherhood of dada yeah um he it's basically like we saw in the show where um we're back in paraguay he's living with an escaped nazi um, like a scientist Nazi, like, uh, yeah. you know, the type it's in Hellboy. Yeah. Your in,
1: classic Mangala fleet is like Argentina. Right. Exactly. Deal. <laughs>
0: so he's got his own like compound here with, uh, with armed bodyguards. It looks like the brotherhood of evil is after him as well. Like he got in a disagreement with them at some point. Yeah. Um, cause it looks like the brain is like hunting him down. So he's kind of like a, hiding in Argentina, not just from like, you know, everybody else, but from the actual brotherhood of evil themselves. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's in some trouble.
0: And so he, he's told by um, by Bruckner, that's the doctor we're talking about. He's told by yeah. Bruckner, like, hey, I have a way to change who you are. And he kind of leaves it vague. And Morton says, like, well, I thought he was going to, like, change my identity, give me plastic surgery so I could escape. Like, this seemed reasonable, like a yeah. good idea. Yeah. Um, but he's like, oh, no, I have a, a, a tank for you to go in and it's literally like i compared to dr manhattan because even the origin looks similar as well yeah a lot like Um, the show too like you open up the vault and it's just like this machine uh but in this one it's it's not like electricity and stuff like you'd expect it's just a plain white room that just like looks endless yeah it's kind of like Kind of like a
1: deprivation tank, but instead of total darkness just total whiteness
0: yeah, this whole thing was kind of playing with that idea of like deprivation uh, tanks yep. because he he literally he goes in this white room and he's told to sit in this chair in this white room and you're just gonna stay here for a while yep. he's in this like giant radioactive suit and he even gets a shot in his neck mm-hmm. that stops him from feeling anything from the neck down. so he's in like Which complete paralysis <laughs>
1: this I would not be okay with this yep and so when the door
0: closes, <laughs> it's literally just him completely paralyzed no feeling. Uh, in a completely white room. Yep. Just going insane. And he, he says he was in there for, he later found out he was in there for three days.
1: Well, do they start with the black dot or does that come that's like a later. little bit into it? Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit into it. Yeah, Because yeah.
0: that's what the way he describes it is uh, he was just in a room full of white. Yep. And he later finds out that he was in here for three days. In fact, I, I might read this one uh, just because I like how this is written. I might yeah, it's a read good like.
1: Frame of thought. The art, the art here
0: we have is just uh, him sitting in the white chair, or sitting in the chair in the white room, just in his like uh, diver suit, essentially. Yeah. And he says, by the end of the first day, I was completely insane. Those initial hours were very bad. I was assailed by doubts, by terrors, by hallucinations of every conceivable configuration. I endured a horror show of sensations, and then nothing. White, white forever in every direction minutes became centuries became millennia became eons i learned later that i was in there for three days three days and nights the traditional celtic period of mystic trial and it was like forever forever piled on forever a world without end yahoo <laughs> that that's how i figure he does oh most. no for sure <laughs> <laughs> so literally he's just in there just floating like until he says something happened yeah and that's when the black dot shows up that you mentioned Yep. and he just sees it like go back and forth slowly god like, and, and the way he described it, he's been in here for eons. Like yep. he, He's basically built like whole cosmologies in his head, mm-hmm. trying to justify like, the things that are happening <laughs> in his brain. God. And this black dot just gets moving and moving and starts getting bigger. And the black dot is essentially him the door opening is my impression
1: of it i think so
0: yeah i I, because i think he's seeing the door opening but because of how he perceives time that's just an eon to
1: him yeah exactly it's just like a stretched out like image of it happening and and as
0: soon as the door actually does open the whole machine explodes and when he comes out he's mr nobody um so that's kind of like his like crazy dr manhattan origin where he went into a sensory deprivation chamber and lost his mind yep Um, Morrison, I think, is into like the whole sensory deprivation. Oh thing. yeah, he does that Very in Batman much so. as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm noticing now. Oh yeah, now that Mister Nobody has his crew, he's named them the Brotherhood of Dada. Dada is like I looked it up; it's a 20th century kind of like philosophy, all about like pointlessness. It's almost kind of a little bit like nihilism. It seems like, um, but yeah, it's, it
1: wasn't it wasn't um, was that around like World War One? uh i'm not sure exactly but i because I there's something else i was just reading about like that's almost it insane. makes sense though. but it's more but that was more of an anti-capitalist thing right yeah
0: because it's basically just like embracing like you know meaninglessness yeah, it's basically like the
1: early stages of like
0: meme culture right exactly <laughs> yeah basically um and so he, so that's what the this brotherhood of, is, is going to be a brotherhood of evil it's going to be a brotherhood of that of pointlessness senselessness and we're going to make everyone feel this yep um and so his his plan to do that is he's discovered this occult object. Uh, it's called the painting that ate Paris, or and it's not called that yet. Yeah, that's yeah. the title of this art. <laughs> so it's going to tell us what it's going to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's this mystical painting that's described. Um, if, uh, dating back to like the uh, like, um, the eighteen hundreds it seems like, and the painting has gone through multiple hands. At one point it was destroyed, and it was later created by like an uh, uh recreated by like an occult painter. And it's described that the occult painter, like, knew what he had to do to make the painting and, like, spent, like, a week, like, in his attic just, like, painting and doing occult rituals, making this, yeah, this masterpiece. Yeah, I think
1: he mentions somewhere in it, too, that, like, the, the painting was the one that inspired... Uh, the Portrait the, of Dorian Gray. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. So that's a cool little tidbit as well. Oh yeah.
1: It's kind of cool the
0: way they describe that painting because it goes through multiple hands and like we said is recreated but then it's taken by this character who I thought was kind of interesting. I didn't remember this on the reread. But the painting keeps changing hands and eventually ends up with this character named Eisman who is described as a multi-billionaire arms dealer with like an army of mercenaries.
1: Yeah and he he is spooky as shit. Yeah. He He reminds me of uh, what's his uh, Wesker from Resident Evil. Oh a little bit. Yeah Yeah. totally. Except he's like a pale ghost version.
0: Yeah he's like literally like a ghost man. He wears like a white suit like pale pale white skin and like you know silver black or silver white hair and so he just lives on this like mansion in the alps with like this whole like museum of like occult items he's collected yeah he's got the bullets that assassinated uh gandhi kennedy and lennon yeah, and he says if you put him under your tongue, you get like mystical visions of the future. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of like going through as he describes these things. It gets kind of crazy. It's pretty cool. Like this character, I don't as far as I remember, does not show up again in the run. But it that's maybe part of what makes him cool is he's just kind of here. He just exists and he's gone. You know? Yeah, because
1: later on, there's a kind of similar character that ends up with the painting, but it's I don't think it's the same guy. Oh, okay. Well, he
0: ends. I mean, I'll spoil it right now. This character ends up with the painting at the end of the comics. Are you sure it wasn't? I can't remember.
1: No, because he's like the dude who um because he buys it's like a different painting and then slowly a black ink spot starts showing up on it and starts spreading it, it becomes mr mist- okay we don't need to spoil the yeah, whole yeah. Comic, but. <laughs> that's where he let's that's, I remember that's now, near yeah. the end of the run but yeah I, that's not the same guy
0: um yeah so they i just want to like point out some of this because as they go through the museum i thought this part was really cool because there's another one he shows them where uh because he's just walking them through showing them everything at this point because like uh they brought out oh, yeah, the of Dada's an, you're all You're an undercover. evil
1: occult, like, antique collector You gotta show off your goods. Right, and they can
0: go <laughs> undercover here, um, feasibly, because I, I imagine all the people he sells to are pretty strange individuals, so, like, oh, if, yeah. if he sees someone who's wearing a magic mask, he's gonna be like, that's normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally cool, bro. <laughs> pretty standard. <laughs> I got a couple magic masks myself. <laughs> um, and then, there's, like, this one cool item that they see, which is, like, this old-school looking TV that's almost reminded me of, like, The Ring, um, where it's a television that can view broadcasts of hell. And he says that the person who made it, like, watched it constantly and ended up cutting their own throat with a knife. Yeah, it's terrifying. Or with a key. <laughs> and then the key itself ended up being uh, a magical object that can access the dreams of children. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Love that. So, a person created a, a little TV to watch visions of hell and then cut their own throat with a key. And now you can use it to, uh, I guess,
1: snoop on dreams. <laughs>
0: Or Inception Kids? Yeah. <laughs> seems, uh, seems pretty
1: fucked That's up. how Inception started. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Christopher Nolan stole it.
0: Uh, but now that they're in, in the museum, I mean, Mr. Nobody, I don't even know why they had to go undercover. I feel like Mr. Nobody could have just walked in here. Exactly. Because that's essentially what happens. Mr. Nobody. I think sho- he
1: just likes a, a,
0: a nice show. Oh, sure. You got to make an event out of it. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. You got to do crime doers. You got to make
0: it feel like a team. Oh, yeah. 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 He's a team player. <laughs> you got to
1: get everyone involved. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah so they cause chaos they're able to steal the painting and get out I mean like I said he's, he's Dr. Manhattan he can pretty much do what he likes yeah a very high ceiling for powers um, and so he brings it uh, straight up straight to the Eiffel Tower and starts a presentation kind of like bringing Dada he's essentially in, in his head I think is bringing Dadaism back to Europe he's like this is where it started this is where yeah. I'll re-begin it yep it's like um, the next French Revolution yep and so he gives his own like uh, little poem here as he's like uh, showing his, uh, his artwork and the people of Paris are not having it like immediately <laughs> the police like come up with guns and like try to like shoot him yeah uh, but the way this ends is actually kind of cool because it's gonna end with um mr nobody standing in front of the painting and he sees that the painting ate the city and he looks around he's like i did it but then we zoom out, and they're also in the painting. Yep. It just, they just see another painting in the painting. <laughs> so they're all in the painting, stuck in the middle of the desert in France now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good place to be. Yep. And it's cool because essentially right after that happens, we get our first kind of tie-in to the DC universe, uh, like, you know, other superheroes and stuff. Yeah. Um, because um, now that a whole city's been eaten, it's big news. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, like I mentioned uh, last episode, the Justice League right now is in a weird transitional period where they're actually an international team. Oh, okay. So this is the prime situation for them to show up. Uh, okay. this all ties in super well, actually. Huh. Um, the the two members that show up are uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Mm. Uh, they're part of that Justice League, and then Animal Man shows up just
1: because Grant Morrison likes the character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, didn't he that, write a really good Animal Man run? Yeah, that was the first book he did at DC. Okay. Yeah, I was I was reading stuff about that. I, you, have you read that? I have not yet. Okay. No. I, I, I know a little bit about I it. I was but, listening yeah. to some stuff about people talking about it, and it sounds wacky as shit. Oh, no, I, I've heard it's really good. Oh, yeah, and, no, I, he, I really want to get it. He writes
0: himself into the DC universe, and, and he becomes canon after that. <laughs> well,
1: do you know anything about the story at all?
0: Uh, loosely, oh, God, because like I, I know the character, but not that story in that comic. Okay,
1: because yeah, no, the way that he writes himself in, into like the comic, and, like because he actually interacts with Animal Man, and like, right, there's just like really cool meta moments in the entire thing. And, like, I really need to get to that soon.
0: Yeah, I, I'd like to come back to that and read that at some point. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, so Animal Man, Animal Man shows up here with the Justice League, and they're looking at this painting. Like, where do we even fucking start with yeah, this thing? This
1: is like the prime example of like what the Doom Patrol is. It's like these superheroes like have no idea where to start. They're like, we're not going into a painting like we don't we don't do that so yeah. it's like this is what the doom patrol does and there's
0: a great hilarious scene like now that you mentioned it they come in they literally just stroll past and robot man just brushes past them like get out of the way <laughs> jerks
1: this is our territory
0: and booster gold's like oh what are you robot man and he's like thanks for stating the obvious <laughs>
1: asshole butts him out of the way uh,
0: uh like forget it this is a, this is a job for the doom patrol and they all uh jane gets him into the painting and they all go in after uh after mr nobody
1: yeah there's a cool shot where they're like inside the painting and then on one of the walls is like the out the window to the world, and you can see Blue Beetle like staring in, like what the fuck? Yeah, it's cool how <laughs>
0: they can see that real world like panel on the on on the outside. there. Yeah, it's like, like, like the they're p- giants. Yeah, yeah. The doorway. There's a part after that that I like where they first come out of the building and they're walking through the city because the painting as we first saw it was just kind of like a portrait of a city. Yeah. Um, and so now they're walking through that portrait. Um, And as they're walking through, um, Robot Man makes a comment where he says, like, the city looks real enough, but I feel like it has no heart. And Rebus makes a great comment where he's like, yeah, it's photorealist art. Like, what did you expect?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing mad shade.
0: Yep. Because uh, like, a lot of, like I said, a lot of this arc has to do with, like, um, or at least, like, it, as far as the art we see shows different. Because Mr. Nobody, as soon as he sees they're there, starts throwing them into different paintings with yep. different art styles. Yeah. So uh, one of them gets thrown into, like, a surrealist painting. One of them gets thrown into a, uh expressionist painting. Mm-hmm. Like, Robot Man goes into the expressionist painting, and it looks like Gotham City.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Rebus gets the multicolored polyphonic city I was thinking of earlier, which is, like, a technicolored city.
2: Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, the uh, Richard Case does a lot of really good work on this run like it, it can't be stated enough like everyone always oh, yeah. says grant morrison's name but like he carries a lot of this like especially in this arc
2: no yeah it's amazing
0: because um, like showing these different art styles like in the background as they're setting is like a, a, pr- a nice touch mm-hmm. and the one jane gets thrown into is the surrealist painting and she's like on this beach with uh just essentially a bunch of weird shit uh, that's the simplest way to put it yeah it's just a scramble um, of
1: like lines <laughs> yeah there's like a burning like a uh, megaphone looking thing like a tuba Yeah, Um, then there's like a a chrome egg and like a ring of fire. Yeah, like (laughs) like a candle gun, essentially, (laughs) I think. Yeah, like yeah, it's like a cigar. Yeah, it's like a candlestick holder with a candle like smoking.
0: Yeah, and we do see like the classic, like the clocks melting on the tree branch. Yeah, so it's like, you can see like the art style. Yeah, in I can't here. remember
1: what famous artist that is, but everyone knows it.
0: Yeah, and they're each doing battle with a member of the Brotherhood of of Dada. We haven't mentioned some of them. I mean, some of them are more interesting than others. Yeah. Um, the quiz I thought is really cool because the quiz's power like the one where she can uh, she has every power you haven't thought of. That's really fucking cool. Oh, that, uh, I like her I a lot. Love that idea. Um, the other ones are not as memorable. Like, the fog is just kind of, like, yeah,
1: Yeah, it's just a fog with, like, did it have one two personalities or more it's than that it's supposed to be a
0: bunch I think cause, yeah cause it cause it's it, an annoying character to read too exactly
1: cause it's like there's two people talking at once so the, the second person is in parentheses, but it kind of jumbles th- throughout the whole like, there, paragraph there had to have
0: been a better way to letter that character I think there was cause like the, to describe what, for people who haven't read it it's a character who when you're talking like they'll be talking and then a second voice will come in in yep. parentheses. you
1: basically have to read everything that's not in a parentheses first and yeah. then go back and read the parentheses It's parts. it's annoying yeah. and I hate
0: reading that character and the character's not that fun it basically just at all to be like, consuming overall in the fog yeah it's just a fog monster so it's like if the character was worth that style of reading yeah. like if there was a payoff <laughs> I'd be all for it but there's no payoff of that character I think it might I have been character. I think
1: it might have been one where he was writing the members of the brotherhood of Dada and kind of just got Close to yeah. the end of the barrel. <laughs> I'll be honest though, there's
0: nothing that's gonna make me hate a character or even a book more than like lettering that's annoying. Oh, it's like it's,
1: it's an easy way to write it all. Like,
0: I'm an avid hater of like cursive in comics. I, yeah. I will not do it. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it, but I'll hate it for it. <laughs> I'll resent you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So like when reading that is not fun. And yeah, like no. so, what are what are some of the other members we have here? Um, uh, sleepwalk was kind of cool. Uh, sleep. I mean, it's simple, but it's like her ability is she. Uh, she only has powers when she's asleep and she is basically just like a like a minion at that point she just like is like a bodyguard you yeah. just like send her at things and she can just like terminator her way through and like then- while she listens to music which makes <laughs> it stylistically pretty cool yeah it's kind of like baby driver uh so who do we have we had the quiz who we liked uh the fog who we don't like frenzy was all right i mean he, again he's pretty simple he's just like a cyclone guy yeah um but i, I did kind of like his uh like his character bit where he's like writing a letter to his mom about how he wanted to like be the king of a kingdom and now he finally has it I yeah like that, that.
1: that's the start of uh the next issue
0: yeah so that's so i like that little bit so he's got like some character like in him so i, I like him a little bit more Whereas the fog, I didn't get. I, it was impenetrable to me. Yeah, it it just didn't work. The impenetrable fog. <laughs> Um, But the reason why the quiz is so fun, like, we see it because the quiz ends up going against Rebus. Mm -hmm. And so Rebus has to, like, literally, like, now he's in combat with her. So he has to decide, like, once he learns how her powers work, like, how he's going to try to fight this. Because she's flying after him. And so the first thing he says is, well, flight. So she falls out of the sky. Yep. um he's like, okay, I got this. I got this. Uh, Super strength, invulnerability, uh, heat vision. And he keeps going through this, like, while he's fighting her. And, like, once he, like, starts to do that, he gets, like, a little bit of the upper hand. Like, the negative spirit goes out starts doing its thing
1: yeah it goes through all the top tier superpowers
0: yeah but then eventually like he starts repeating himself and that's when you know you're in trouble yeah because he's, he's like robot, he man, vision. Oh, robot
1: man calls him out he's like you already said that yeah he's like oh, he <laughs> vision, oh shit like,
0: now we're fucked and uh and then so yeah so the quiz shows up it's like oh well you didn't mention uh or you didn't think to think of uh, a bottle that can ensnare uh, negative spirits. that's yeah. impenetrable.
1: <laughs> oh shit, that's super specific. <laughs> my One of my probably few weaknesses.
0: <laughs> so that's like, if that character was used more, that character would be like impossible to fight. I feel yeah,
1: I... Like. It'd be very, unless you had a bunch of people thinking and saying a bunch of powers at once. you <laughs> need a big team. Yeah, yeah, a very big team. Or like a code to constantly be like spouting, spouting out different powers. Or
0: like some kind of like radio that you yeah. play that just says powers on loop super, yeah, super fast. Yeah, just write a
1: code to like just think of every power known to man and just repeatedly say them out loud. As they're doing battle, though, Sleepwalk
0: wakes up, because she only has her powers when she's asleep. When she wakes up, she gets this like sense. She says, like, the horseman is coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't really know much about that until the next issue, when Jane sees like this giant footprint on the beach. Yeah. Um, and In her like,
1: part of the... Whatever. In her
0: painting, yeah. And they even mention, like, well, this is the surrealist painting. Yep. Maybe that's just part of the art. And yeah, like, just no, random. This is different. <laughs> um, and they kind of get this, this lore as we go on, where... Because we were told that a demon was essentially used, or at least consulted, when making this painting. That's what we were told. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like they were using like rituals and spells with demons to make this painting.
1: Yeah, like so it's got some occult like magic in. There's an in intelligence there. in yeah there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so they know this now, like, there's this intelligence in this world, and I, I think they actually called it out at the beginning, too, because Rebus mentions, like, there's an intelligence here, and it's become aware of us. Yeah. Don't think about it, because you'll give it too much power. Yeah, but exactly. It, it's, just, it's here, and it's looking at us. Yeah, it's like a tulpa. And uh, so I, I imagine now that they've mentioned it, now that they're seeing the signs, it's becoming more and more powerful now, too. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, the Brotherhood of Evil, or the, sorry, the Brotherhood of Dada has all noticed it now. Um, but it's kind of cool cause this, they do kind of like team up for a little bit once they realize this. Yeah. So that's kind of what I mean is like, they have, uh, goals that aren't necessarily like the evilest. Like, cause the, when, the, you know, when shit's going to like actually be destroyed, they can actually come back and help save everything. They're
1: like, they're chaotic
0: neutral. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're, they're not good or neutral. evil
1: and they, they're, they're not like level headed. So yeah, <laughs> like, they,
0: they still need to be stopped. But, oh yeah. But they it's need like, to be reined in. But it's, it's nice when they team up with the doom patrol, they're like, no, they're like, this guy's a, this is a big evil horse. We got to stop it. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Um, and then they, I want to call this out because this spread page of Richard Case showing the fifth horseman is so badass. Oh yeah. Because um, they mentioned it's like the well, there's always four horsemen we know about like there's famine, death, war, and pestilence. Yep. But then they mentioned there's a fifth horseman who's not often talked about. Um, they say it's like the horseman of the uh, like like the end of everything. They just like the end of time, the end of space, like the end of like it's more of like an abstract horseman, I guess. Okay. Um, and this is what's showing up. It comes out of the water. It's like an undead skinned horse. Yeah. Like, it's colossal, uh, the way they draw this. It's really cool. And they say it's, like, taking, like, um, ideas from the iconography, like, the art styles that it's picking up. Yeah. So, like, as it starts as a horse, but it slowly becomes, like, a, a like a Norse horseman.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like a Valkyrie almost. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, but Jane's actually the one who steps up and saves the day here because she's um, part of her mind when she noticed the fifth horseman like got in there. So she's the only one who has like the, her foot in the door, is the way I kind of understood this.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, because as soon as she realizes that she's she knows she's the only one who can stop the fifth horseman, she switches to uh, to Flit, and she's immediately oh sorry Jane's not here Flit gotta go and yeah. teleports away and teleports into the heart of this giant like evil demon horse. Yep and uh like her, the last comments we hear from her is like there's too much like i can't handle it. It's, it this demon's too big and the whole thing kind of goes up it's like this bright light as we see it kind of exploding and mr nobody's like no we all have to join hands it's just cheesy enough to work <laughs> and they're like Shit, I, yeah, do we I have to line. i love that line yeah and so they all start doing a literal like kumbaya chant like going around like come on jane we believe in you <laughs> Hold hands tighter. And, and the whole thing was Mr. Nobody's idea, so I love it. It's like, no, we need to help her. Right. <laughs> and uh, I love the ending here because Superman actually shows up.
1: Yeah, did we get a cool appearance.
0: Yeah, and uh, Superman, I mean, he has a really, really super small, like insignificant part of this. But I do yeah. like the way he's written because he kind of comes in and he's like, oh, God. Because uh, when Superman shows up and he looks at the painting and he goes, oh, God, I'm scared. Like, I'm filled with fear. Like, it's coming. Yeah, he could
1: sense something. That's serious shit.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. That would have me shitting my pants. Yeah, if Superman's getting frightened from a painting, you need to start running. Yes. Um. But with uh, Jane, with the help of this, uh, you know, peace chant going on with the, <laughs> the Brotherhood of Dada The power and, of love. Yes, the power of love is aiding them. Uh, with their help, they actually do defeat the Fifth Horseman. Uh, it actually ends up back in the real world as this wooden horse. Um, cause Mr. Nobody said, he's the one who came up with the idea in the, in the first place. He yep. said like, I have an idea that can make the fifth horseman both powerless and a complete joke. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we find out he did. He turned it into a wooden horse in the real world. So it's yep. just a kid's toy now. Yeah, exactly. He took all the, like the real meaning and like the, the teeth out of it. Yeah. The power of it. Uh, but then the bad news is, uh... We, Superman, I, I like the Superman is the first person to, like, notice the injured person and go to try to help them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so he comes up. He's like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, I don't think she made it. And we see Jane, like, in his arms. It's like the classic shot of, like, Superman carrying someone. It yeah. happens all the time. Exactly, yeah. It's like su- Superman carrying Supergirl or carrying Batman, yeah. Lois. Yep. Uh, and the Brotherhood of Dada, they're, they're not going to be seen for a while because they actually, they stay in the painting. They're like, we like it here. Like, um... Yeah.
1: Honestly, if I'm them, that's not a bad sell. Well, yeah, it seemed like a few
0: of them were happy there. Like, um... I forgot the name already. Frenzy, like he said, like, I'm a king here. Yeah. I love it.
1: He had his own penthouse. He had his own freaking skyscraper. Right, yeah. <laughs> where it say. says the
0: names of the authors of the books in the in the buildings. <laughs> yeah. Which is really cool. <laughs> right, I love that. Uh, but when they get back, Jane is like completely in a coma. So this is where we're going to get that issue that we talked about at the beginning where it's all, uh, yeah, because this this issue is straight, they pretty much adapted this straight out of the comics. So I don't know if we need to talk about too much of it, because you if you watch that episode, you know you, what happened. You know it, here. yeah. yeah. Um, they, they do a, a couple really cool adapt- adaptations of specific pages in here, too. Yep. Um, because what happens is, I mean, like I said, you know it. Uh, Jane is in a coma. And so it's a little different because they actually have to take the brain out of Robot Man's head yeah, and they put just, him in like a special jar.
1: They just make the translation a little more complicated.
0: Right. <laughs> and then Rebus uh, is the conduit between them to connect them and it sends a robot man into the underground and it's cool cuz when he jumps into the underground it's literally he like he's falling into a map. Yep. Like literally, and it's the map he made cuz he said I'm going to make a map of all your personalities so I can understand it better. Yep. So what he's seeing is his understanding of like what it would look like which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just like what Jane imprinted like what he did like yeah. in the real world like how his brain is like processing it. Yeah.
0: Yep. And as he falls in, he he ends up in that subway station with Driver Eight. He's like Cliff, like we need your help. Like this shit is going down. Yeah, I love Driver Eight. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, and I love the the art style here is is different too. Like mm-hmm. Case is really good at doing uh, like changing art styles when the setting demands it. Like we were oh, talking yeah. about it with the painting and the painting. It was like obvious why it was happening and where it was happening and what the style was. But here, it's it's uh, subtly played. Because um, like, it's just more of like a grainy kind of like, it looks like a painting almost. Yep. Like, it's like a grainy almost like an uh, idea of a subway station. Um, and, and we even get hints to, now that me and you have both read the entire run, there's things that I picked up rereading Same. this. I know, I was going to say that yeah, too. Yeah, there's, there's hints as, as to like more of uh, Jane and Kate Chalice's whole backstory that you kind of get here played subtly uh, yep. in the background all, images. All the
1: lambs and the crucifixes. And, yeah, like yeah, the stuff
0: that happened to Miranda particularly. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. And
0: uh, like some of the areas in here are like really creepy looking. I, li- I like the way that it, that's why I wanted to call out the art style, because as they go through Miranda's like station, it's all just like hanged bodies and like gruesome horror.
1: Yep. Yeah. As they're like about to go through the heart of it, she like tells Robot Man to close his eyes. She's like, whatever you do, do not look. Yep, They kind of <laughs> had a scene like this in the show. <laughs> yeah. Robot Man's like covering his eyes. He's like, what is that noise? It's terrible. Yeah. she's like, keep your fucking eyes closed, dude. I kind of like how they
0: did it on this page better than the, the this version of it in the show, though, because in the show, he does look. Yeah. In in the show robot man looks and then the audience gets to see everything
1: yeah I which kinda, i'm I'm not a fan right yeah. I like
0: it better here where it's just like this bright tunnel with like these lights yeah and and literally she's like cover your eyes robot man and he does he covers his eyes and does not look
1: yeah there's and, one panel where it's just driver eights like eyes like like flown wide looking open, right at like it, yeah in absolute horror and it's yeah. just a great
0: shot so the, these panels are are especially like really well done yep and we meet like the stations of, of uh, each um Of each personality as well Like we see Baby Doll's room Which
1: is just like This fancy palace With like a bunch of teddy bears Yep yeah um, and it's all colorful and lit up like which is obviously way different than most of the other areas of the underground right it's like the only area in here that's in like full color
0: yep and then we go down into, into the tunnel where we meet uh, black Anis again uh, and, and this scene is similar to the show as well because he kind of like r- reveals himself uh, you know I'm like I'm not a man I'm a, I'm a machine yeah
1: like, you can, like, uh, you can I don't have in. a penis Techni- it's a
0: technicality but you gotta
1: let me go <laughs> right <laughs> Amen- how about amend the rule it's very biblical <laughs> yeah like it's uh, he had that little snafu where it's like oh gotcha yeah <laughs> <laughs> By the letter of the law Right
0: um, But Black Annis here She actually shows up With all the other personalities Which is cool too There's Yeah a, a great a shot There's a nice uh, shot here That I might even tweet out Where it's like The gang's all here And it's like a who's who Of all the <laughs> yeah. personalities In the background Which I like Yep C- Can we talk about Driller Bill's costume Can I just call that out For a second Because they don't do That costume in the show And I really wish they did
1: Wait which one is that Do you see her in the background She literally has like A hammer for a head Oh my That's who that is Yeah Oh my god I didn't make that connection <laughs> That's hilarious <laughs> Who's the one with, like, the letter dress? Wait, or is that Hammerhead? I thought that was Driller Bill, but but that's not a drill. That's a hammer. That's a hammer. If that's Hammerhead. No, because who's in the back left with the hand? No, that's Hammerhead back left. With the who? Uh, No, way back left uh, below the angel. Oh, with, like, the chain coming out of her head? Yep. Oh, that could be Hammerhead, too, I guess. Oh, no, that could be Drillbit, I think.
0: Yeah, I think Hammerhead might be the person with the hammer with the head. I think it is because Hammerhead's not that big in the comics. We don't see her that often. We see her like in the real world, so we don't know what her yeah person. exactly. But I think that might that's be that's got to be Hammer. In that case, forget <laughs> it. No, Driller Bill's costume is fine. Yeah, this should be Hammerhead's costume.
1: Exactly. She why doesn't she have a hammer helmet? I don't know. <laughs> Come on, or make it a shark thing, or like mm-hmm. that would even be better than just a random hammer. No, you gotta have a hammer helmet.
0: <laughs> Missed opportunity. Oh God. There's uh, I like Flitz costume too. She kind of just likes like an '80s like workout instructor. Yeah,
1: instructor. It's a
0: good one. <laughs> and with just like the Flit written on the front. Yeah. Um, there's a personality here too, which I didn't remember. The uh, the lady in purple.
1: Yeah,
2: um, yeah. She she hasn't she comes come up, up in the show at all
0: either. But no. She kind of is given a moment here, but which kind of, like, makes her seem like she's important because they say, like, the lady in purple, is she going to speak? She's never spoken before. Yep. And then the first thing she says is, yes, let him through, but alone. Yep. And so, like, that's the first thing she's ever said, which seems like a moment. So. I know, which
1: is, like, which surprises me. She did make an appearance in so the I'm show. So I'm wondering what her thing is. because uh, It doesn't Grant, come up later in Grant Morrison's run. Grant Morrison
0: defined from the beginning that it was going to be 64 personalities. And as far as I know, he named most of them. Okay. Um... But like I think he left the, the door open for some of them to be explored later. Yeah, yeah. So that might be what one of these are, where it's just like, hey, writer, that's a, that's a thing. Okay. You can do a thing with that thing. I set it up for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm serving this one to you. Gotcha. That could be what it is. I could see that. Cause I, don't, I guess, like you said, I don't remember it coming up again by the end of the it run. It definitely doesn't. Um, But, God, there's some really good horror shots as we get deeper into, the, like, mm-hmm. closer to the well, too. Because there's, like, it's described by Driver 8 that a lot of these personalities exist pretty much just to experience pain like they're the lead yep. blockers yeah basically um, like they they pretty much just spend their down, like their, their symbolic room is just them being tortured. Like, yep. there's a person, like, just covered in, like, barbed wire, just being, like, ripped, like, limb from limb, like, constantly screaming. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's freaky looking. And, like, the well itself, I love the way the well looks in the comic. Oh, yeah. Um, Because the well, it's it looks like a big machine, more than a well, almost. Mm, it's a yeah. big hole. But Very lo- mechanical. Yeah, It looks like a giant drill, almost, but without the drill. Like, yeah. One of those, like, industrial-looking
1: things. Totally, yeah, like a cylinder kind and of. And there's a
0: bunch of, like, tiki torches around it, but tiki torches are just burning dolls.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: some great imagery Yeah so I, I wish it kind of looked more like that.
1: Yeah, um, and the show—that's maybe
0: something you can only do in a comic. Yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, you could. It'd just be hard to do. It,
0: yeah, it wouldn't look quite like this. No. Um, but then we get that classic scene of uh, of like the daddy monster crawling out of the well. Yeah, it's horrifying. Uh, and coming after her and it grabs Robot Man straight. This was straight in the show. Yep. Uh it Rips Robot Man and that's when Jane kind of like snaps out of like it becomes lucid again. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "I'm not afraid of you. Like I, I'm standing up to you. Like yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not going to let this like." F- Vision of you hold me down and like r- saves Robot Man. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm not gonna let him die because of this. It's kind of interesting too because when it first comes out, when it starts talking, Robot Man even has a moment where he says like, "Jane, like it's your voice. Like he's talking in your voice. So mm-hmm. he's kind of he's trying to like tell her that it's like it's not him. Like it, like it's, it's a your, psychic like, construct. Yeah, like, you need like, to snap out of it. Like yeah. you have the power to control this.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's a psychic construct. Like you can do something here, and she yeah. does. Um, and so that, that's like cl- that classic moment where like she kind of like comes back. And uh, I mean, as far as this issue, it's kind of left as a cliffhanger because now uh, Robot Man is not immediately coming out of his stasis, like his brain stasis. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of where we'll leave it. There. I mean, that's a hell
1: of a trip. You that takes some time to rebound. Yeah. Maybe
0: uh, <laughs> let him sleep.
1: Right. Give him some water. Just let him sleep it off. Yeah.
0: That that was uh, quite the thing. He almost got <laughs> eaten by a giant slobbering daddy monster covering oh, yeah. bugs.
1: Oh yeah. That takes some recovery.
0: Yeah, God, the way that's drawn is just oh, it's
1: it's disgusting. Yeah, it's but in a great horror way. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, those those couple pages are just classic. So I'm glad they I'm glad they adapted that straight up because that's what you just got to do.
1: Yeah, they did it great in the show.
0: Yeah, like I'm not always a fan of like panel for panel adaptations, but there's some things.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, So that'll bring us to the end of the arc that we're covering for today's episode. Next week, we're going to get into uh, the next, I think, five issues. It'll bring us through the Cult of the Unwritten Book story and then uh, the first Danny the Street issue, like we mentioned. So that's where we're going to pick up. Um, For now, we're going to be talking about... We're finally going to be starting our uh, discussion on Season 2 of the show now. Um, They actually... Since, like we talked about, it's only going to be a nine-episode season, we're going to just break it down three episodes at a time, because we have three episodes left in this, counting this one. Yeah. Uh, We have three episodes left of our series. Yeah. So we can split it up three, three, three. Um, They actually dropped the first three episodes of this season altogether at once on DC Universe, which was an interesting decision. Was it the
1: first three or two? It was the first three. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because we watched all the way
0: up to the Red Jack episode. yeah. Yeah, totally. Um... So that'll give us some stuff to talk about here, because it was nice actually being able to watch all three of those, because as soon as that dropped, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get like an hour and a half of Doom Patrol content.
1: Exactly, yeah. And then, yeah, and then you saw that the third thumbnail was of Red Jack, and it was an awesome looking... uh, Oh, I knew we were
0: in for a good time. Oh, yeah, yeah, Exactly. Because we, uh, this will be good timing too. Because we just got a chance to talk about the Red Jack yeah, story totally. in the comics last week. Yep. So now we can talk more about like how they did it. Because I think they almost adapted it in a way that I liked better. Yeah. Same like, here. Putting Chief in there was like an extra. Like, ooh, exactly. Like, that's yeah. really good.
1: <laughs> totally. No, that connection
0: was awesome. Yep. Um, but we'll start out with the first one, the uh, the miniature patrol, which was the first episode. Yep. Um, that one was kind of. This one was kind of more just like season one fallout. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Because um,
1: they're still Minnie and Danny's still a brick.
0: Right. So and it's, I, it was thought it was mostly kind of like a filler, reintroduce you kind of to the characters. But there were some like really good bits in it too because oh, they're yeah. like living in that tiny town that they built.
1: Ex- yeah, it's like the this was the moment that Cliff knew he made this for a reason. Right. <laughs> like this was the moment. And, Cl- and Cliff's fucking like epic battle with the rats constantly. Oh yeah. and <laughs> uh, Yeah, he just like hunts them and then he comes back where like they're hide like as like a freaking like shawl. Mm-hmm.
0: And this, cause this is also the first time we get to really uh, talk to Dorothy because Dorothy was introduced at the end of last season but for like a second. Yeah, this
1: is kind of an intro with the characters that are shrunk at least. Like there's a cool scene where Dorothy and Robot Man actually go on like the car track and they go like speeding around like race yeah. cars.
0: Go- <laughs> and that's when we also meet one of the personalities which is actually yep. one of the ones we just saw. Yeah, exactly. Which is the woman with like the light for her head. Yep. Uh, and she just kind of like floats around, around creepily
1: like, hello! Yeah, she like shows up and like floating on the back of the car. Robot Man is just like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, Holy <laughs> shit, what's happening? <laughs> what is that?" Yeah, it scares the shit out of him justifiably. She's yep. like, oh,
0: I didn't tell you; those are my friends. Yeah, that'd be terrifying. Um, and she also has like a spider friend who we saw in the comic. Yep. Um, and then we also have uh, the um, kind of like Yeti uh, antlered. Uh, I don't know what you call that thing.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's the Yeti kind of um uh, not not a sasquatch but yeah kind of a yeti yeti bear, kind yeti of bear type deal it was, yeah. we saw it in the first season. it was the,
0: like the guardian spirit of her mom yeah. that we saw um yep. in in that episode from last season yeah um, but now it's kind of her guardian
1: yeah it was the one that the bureau of oddities when niles were hunting
0: yeah yeah exactly so that that's gonna be like her main one that's like her sidekick and then yep. the other ones show up to kind of talk to her and give her support
1: yeah surprisingly the spider's not the most terrifying one no the spider's like the, the fun uncle one yeah, yeah that, he's actually like a cool like buddy
0: um, but then there's oh there's that really gruesome part in the first it's episode so too. It's so disgusting.
1: Yeah, because uh, you
0: kind of called it out. Before I knew it that happened. was what
1: I knew that's what I didn't know that happen. was a thing. Oh God, yeah, that's so many animals do that. It's disgusting. Yeah, because like
0: Dorothy goes to like see the ranch. She's like, oh, they had a baby. Like it's adorable. Like
1: this is life and it's yeah, beautiful. So there's like the um, uh, most of the fetuses are like uh, you know. Uh, nursing from the mother or whatever and then there's like the reject one kind of off and not able to get into the, the for feeding and she's like oh that one's all alone and then the mom comes and grabs it and just bites its head off oh. and it is the most disgusting shit ever
0: yeah so she's like justifiably traumatized and that's when like the monsters come out like her yep. imaginary friends
1: yeah because Robot Man instantly knows it because as soon as it's coming he's like oh god no not not this not this yeah everyone saw <laughs> it coming
0: but me I was like oh my god
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's nice. the animal kingdom is fucked <laughs> yeah we're uh, we're kind lucky in that regard that uh-huh. our moms don't eat us when we're born
0: yeah the uh episode two the time patrol uh that one that one surprised me because i didn't know what story that one was based on so i didn't know what i was going to think about it going in but that episode was fantastic um because it actually it's based on a, an older doom patrol villain uh it was like a golden age villain uh dr time
1: yeah yeah it's a really cool like adaptation they have for this or like his universe because niles um like because
0: it's weird the way Niles interacts with them in these early couple episodes because they're all kind of sticking around even though they know the horrible truth about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot to do with they don't have anywhere to go. Really. Well, I
0: I think the hook that we I mean, I think the main reason is probably Dorothy. Oh, that too. Yeah, because like they're like we can't just leave Dorothy with this fucking maniac. Yep.
1: Yeah, well, and then so the way they become on Mini is that Niles ends up calling on Willoughby. He trades Willoughby his. We find out that he has an like an immortality necklace. Yeah. Which so it, it, that's It's different than the
0: comic, but similar because he's also has that immoto- immortality yeah. thing. So he trades
1: his immortality like uh, amulet to Willoughby, and then they he gets them unbig somehow. So then we're out of that mess. But now the whole thing is the chief wants them to help him get his invincibility back, basically.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of the theme of these next couple episodes, is him just sending the Doom Patrol on those like missions for him, yep. but kind of pitching it in a way that makes them try to be sympathetic. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, you know, leaving out the details where they matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, like, Dr. Time, he describes it as, like, a helmet that Dr. Time is wearing that yep. gives him his powers, but we'll find out later. It's like, that's his actual head.
1: Yeah, so, like, oh, just get his helmet, but then it's actually get his head. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> different.
0: Yeah. But Dr. Time is awesome because he's a doctor who's, like, literally has full control over time travel he's mastered it
1: yeah he can go to any period
0: but he's just like i don't want to do anything like radical or crazy or important or like meaningful with this i just kind of want to like that uh, get my groove on yeah like, he, he describes it to the team he's like the best year was the 80s
1: <laughs> which an <that is> like <laughs> interesting tell of character <laughs> Yeah, <right. laughs> like if you could pick any time in history I would not pick the like, 80s
0: they had style and he's going through like skating through so he just wants to live in the 80s yeah
1: he's just partying at like a roller disco yeah so he's like a, he's
0: like, I'm gonna live perpetually as a roller disco <laughs> and so he literally plucks people out of time just so yep. they can join his roller skating crew yep just go around in circles listening to the same song over yeah, and over to,
1: uh, <laughs> oh fuck what Song do they listen to? Oh, Bad Girl. Yep. Bad, <laughs> bad girl. girl. Ah <laughs> <Aw>, beep, beep. <laughs> God damn it. So
0: there's like samurai going around like roller skating <laughs> to Bad Girl. It's a hilarious <laughs> scene. So yeah, this episode that was like like really, really fun. I like oh, yeah. this. Like I would definitely rewatch this again oh, if for I had sure. to like pick one. Um because, like, he, he starts out, like, not wa- even wanting conflict. He's like, you guys want to join the party? It's a constant party here. Yeah, it's like, you're allowed to stay, it's just no
1: party fouls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically what it comes down to. Yeah.
0: And so, but but they're coming here for the mission. So, Rita, yeah. one thing that's cool about Rita in this season, too, that they hint at pretty early, is she's actually finally learning how to use her powers like she does oh, in the yeah, comic. Oh, yeah, because we haven't talked about her in the comic at all, because she's not in it—the Morrison yep. one, at least. But in the original comic, she was based. She was more like Mister Fantastic than she was just like um, like a blob that falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Because um, <laughs> in season one, she has like she. I mean, the has, way the, She has moments. But the way the show pitches it is kind of almost uh, impressive, more impressive for her because she, is, the way the show makes it seem is she is a blob in her natural state. Yeah. She has to literally force concentration, form herself back into a person. Okay. So that alone has got to take so much concentration. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if your natural form is just blob, yeah. then you have to... <laughs> reform yourself into a human that looks like you like that's yep. got to take a lot of skill
1: which, which but, makes sense with the wise when she gets stressed out when she starts like dematerializing right because she can't concentrate on keeping her form
0: but now in in season two she's using it more like she does in the comics where like she's using like her hands like mr fantastic yeah, punches and stuff exactly so it's kind of cool seeing that i'm wondering if we're also going to see her become giant yeah that'd be really cool because that's one thing she does in the comics too she's like miss marvel oh really yeah she like can become oh giant. sick yeah, uh, Miss Marvel and her basically have the same powers. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And so she uses her new Punch <laughs> and punches the head off Dr. Time, which is hilarious. Yeah. She
1: didn't know what was going to happen. She's like, oh shit. Yeah, she just tried to knock his quote unquote helmet off.
0: Right. Oh, and so, and to her credit, though, as soon as she realizes that she can save his life, she does because she does kill him. She's yeah, because like yeah,
1: his head's like hanging off, and like ooze is just piling out, and then like she slowly turns the like, the hands on the clock on his helmet backwards, and it kind of reverses time and B- puts. But his he's head back ready on. for it because he yeah. probably
0: knows it's happening. Yeah, he's probably exactly. been backwards and forwards a million times. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's rehearsed. So he
0: immediately grabs her wrist. He's like, "No, I got control of time, not you." <laughs> and so they, 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 they Doctor Time wins this fight essentially.
1: Yeah, he basically ends it at even, right? Because he's, he's, like, yeah, he's a good guy about it. Because he could have like fucking thrown oh, them. them he could have thrown them into like a thousand years in the past right, or but he, fucked with them. He's but. like, listen, my one
0: rule: no party file. Yeah, you broke party <laughs>
1: foul, bros. You broke the golden <laughs> rule, bro. You're you're kicked out of the party, man. You're Kicked out, bro. Hate to say it. <laughs> Hit the door. <laughs> oh yeah, no. That Doctor Get Time's yourself a safe ride home, though. Yeah, no. He's he's honestly the man. Like he's like fucking calls him awesome a cab, bro. gets him home. Yeah, right? sends him right back where they started. Yeah, right through the time portal.
0: And then the third episode, this one will be fun to talk about because this one is, um... A, a, a straight adaptation of a story from the comics, which is the show does a lot, which we talked about, which is fun. Yep. Because a lot of the stories in the show are straight out of the comic, like adaptation. We talked about The Underground. We talked about uh, The Cult of the Unwritten Book. We'll get to The Decreator, um, yeah, next the, week. Yep. The, yeah, The Decreator. Um, the, there's, there's several others. The Candlemaker. Yep. Like Candle-maker. a lot of these arcs are straight out of the book, adapted more or less, but in different ways for lots of good reasons. Yep. The really good example of that would be the Red Jack episode we're about to talk about, because that one, they adapt, like the character is more or less the same, and they actually show us. Some stuff that's only implied in the comic.
1: Yeah, because they they in the comic he you know makes a hint that he could have been Jack the Ripper or whatever, and the show writers like took that and ran with it and in show an awesome you the way. scene. Yeah. yeah, this like the episode opens yeah, the in Whitechapel. Open. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. Like, as soon as it opened there, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because it shows a little kid in the streets of Whitechapel, and then Red Jack comes out of nowhere after he slaughtered a woman, and then after the credits and everything, it it, it fades you fades, yeah. and that's Chief. Yeah, you find out yeah. it's that that little kid was Chief. Those, what a cool so change. Chief grew up in Whitechapel in the 1800s, which is oh, an interesting mix. I love that change yeah, so much. That was awesome so smart. Scene. I love it. To tie
0: his whole origin in with that, because, like, that makes one of Niall's, like, you know, one of his, like, key moments in his life was he saw Jack the Ripper kill a person yeah, and then, like, it's like an ethereal god escape and be like, that's who you're gonna be, kid, and walks away. Yeah, like, like, yeah.
1: Not only did you, like, it's one thing to see, like, a famous, like, historical slasher, and then you add on that he's, like, an ethereal, like, mystical being. And then you
0: consider (laughs) who Niles became. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He literally became, like, a mad scientist monster murderer.
1: Yeah, which is kind of the hook he runs with in this episode, because he ends up uh, being invited by Red Jack to, like, come to his ball or whatever. His,
0: like, you know, mansion in the sky, essentially. Because,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, like, the, the the Jack take we get here is pretty similar to what the comics are. He has, like, the butterflies that he tortures to get their pain. Um, In fact, this episode kind of cleared up a lot of the questions I had about Red Jack. Um, in the comic because like I used a lot of the imagery they had in this show when we were rereading that comic like it filled in a lot of like we said like him like with the torture rooms of people oh yeah like that's not something you see in the comic Yeah, that's something that like makes his character make so much more sense like especially like the way they tie it in with everything oh definitely yeah because like he captures all the Doom Patrol and like tortures them all individually like, yep. and that gives him power just like it does with the butterflies so seeing that is, is, is like a pretty cool twist on it oh yeah and not only that but like you said Niles gets invited to him and he tells him that he. He wants to be
1: his protege. Yeah, he basically wants to make Niles his successor. Yeah, so then <laughs>
0: Niles, who's already like at least the way, because I'll say this: Niles in the show, it seems like a more sympathetic version of Niles. He's still yeah. a, a horrible piece of oh, shit, yeah. but like he's is more, more humanized, certainly, or like, at least
1: he, he believes himself to be, or more at
0: least human. like he he keeps making the same mistakes, but at least like you can see like he he's aware he is. He, yeah, he's not a sociopath. No, yeah. In, in the comics, he's a sociopath. I think
1: he's just an extreme narcissist.
0: Yeah, in the in the show, he actually has some remorse for what he does. He just yeah, keeps and, doing it. In
1: the comics, I don't think he cares about anyone. Oh
0: no, in the comics, he had, just has no regard for anything. Because especially
1: because yeah? I think with with the show making Dorothy his daughter, you have to make you have to give him more of that human. That does element. a lot to help that cause. Yeah, because yeah. in the comics, he doesn't have that like fatherly that he, attachment to Dorothy. Yeah, he
0: has no, no human attachments exactly, at all. Yeah, there's like,
1: no like family or emotional connection yeah, the closest
0: thing he has to a friend in the comics is like Joshua and Joshua hates, hates his guts yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah so in here he's, he's humanized a little more because like yeah. we see him like as he gets this offer from Red Jack like he's like oh god yeah he is horrified like like that, Like that. I'm not in the same realm as you like no yeah. you're, you're Jack the Ripper you're literally Jack the Ripper
1: yeah it's gotta be rough to have some or to have Jack the Ripper literally be like we're just the same yeah a <laughs> and god of bros. evil
0: torture being like bro I like your work
1: <laughs> yeah like I took a lot of notes from you dude it's like oh my
0: god yeah that's literally one thing he says he's like the way you've been turning the whole team against each other even after you're the one who manipulate him brilliant stuff <laughs> right and he's like no i didn't i did that to help mankind he's like sure you sure did. right yeah. i that's what i tell myself god that's such a good take that conversation between them i love that that
1: whole interaction is amazing mm-hmm. well and then he ends up the way like torches them is like freaking crazy gross butterfly bird wings like pop out of their back oh yeah i forgot about
0: that that is yeah. gruesome that's yeah. kind
1: of how he but it's not real but that's what he Makes them think is happening. Was that in? I don't even remember that in the comic. Was it implied? It wasn't in the comics. Because
0: in the in the comics, I don't think it's implied the butterflies are people. I think it wasn't, or was it? I don't remember that. I I unless it was something I just didn't pick up on because I'm a dum dum. I've said this before. I'm a dum dum.
1: I can't. I I don't think they did, but they might have actually. But I mean, you could definitely get that take out of. Oh, him, definitely. Because that
0: makes it even more horrifying. Oh like, yeah. He's turning people into butterflies and then torturing them. Yeah. That's even more fucked up.
2: Yeah. That's a little worse.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, like seeing that transformation, like as they're like he's trying to turn them into butterflies, is fucking gruesome. Oh
1: yeah, it's pretty bro. It's, it's brutal.
0: Um, and the design they use for the character is really cool too, because they actually gave him like a part human face. And, like, kind of, like, a gold, almost like he looks like Phantom of the Opera,
1: almost. Yeah, in a way. And, like, his skin is just, like, a weird pale green, like, gray. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So this was a really fun, like, one-off adaptation that, like, added up, like, filled in the blanks of, like, a lot of interesting stuff to the comics that d- didn't contradict anything. It just no. added to it. Yeah, it kind of just, like, built off things that were just kind of hinted at. Right. And, like, in like m- as far as I know, even added, like, a couple things, too. Oh, so yeah. It's sure. really cool, like, the way they adapted that. I was a huge fan of, like, all three of these episodes, particularly the two and three, though. Oh, definitely, two yeah. and Three are are some of my favorite in the season overall. Yep. If I want to say my favorites overall, I mean, we won't talk about the other ones yet, but I think it's somewhere between Time Patrol... This one, I forgot what it's called, Red Jack Patrol or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically. Uh, and then uh, Sex, Sex Patrol. Sex Patrol, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those were three really, really good episodes right in a row. Oh, yeah,
1: that, that three-episode stretch is very prime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, very good shit.
0: Um, but we're going to talk about those uh, those other three episodes uh, next week. Yep. That'll bring us to Sex Patrol, the one after that, and the one after that which will leave us with the final three for our fourth episode. So that'll be at the end. Yep. Um, and then, like I said, for the comic, I, I think for the fourth episode, we will skip ahead to the final arc. Okay. Because, I mean, we we don't know how season two is going to end yet, but I have a big feeling that the Candlemaker is going to be the, the big antagonist of season two.
1: Yeah, this will probably be... I mean, I would imagine that would be the that how they'd wrap it up. So I
0: think they're gonna do that candlemaker story. I they're, hope so. I'm just guessing, but it seemed
1: we're, we're definitely going to get that. The, we're close to the penultimate of that story. I feel like. So. Right.
0: So I, I I feel like that'll be a good a good one to do. We'll see if I'm right or not, but that's what we're gonna do. Either
1: way, there's an issue in there that I really want to cover because it's got invisibles references. So either oh cool. Way. <laughs> yeah, then we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um but, but then that'll also leave the door open for uh, when this comes back next year. We can start out with the Rachel Pollock run, do the first arc of that, and then maybe get into some Gerard Way stuff as well. Um, next uh, next season can kind of be our our foray into kind of going into all the other writers. Assuming, hopefully, by the graces of all that is good, that there is a third season.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping. Um-
0: yeah, I, I miss mean, we'll If not, we'll find some other Doom Patrol adaptation. It's got to be like a cartoon or something, right? I'm sure there is, yeah. Or, or at least there will be. Or oh,
1: we could do the freaking.
0: Uh, the Titans one? The Titans oh, God, one. you're right. Yeah. You're, I mean, we, get, bet, we always
1: have that to You fall bet back your on. ass we could do that.
0: <laughs> you bet your fucking ass it's we could. It's always the that. fallback. Oh, man. We might do that, that right is now. That's the last option. <laughs> no. <at all. laughs> but. I, I'm. You just put that idea in I mean, my head. I mean, if
1: we gotta, I will. No,
0: you will. Oh, we're no, gonna will. do it. I'm telling okay. you right now. We're finding time to do that episode. Fine, <laughs>
1: I'll do it. In fact, I, 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 we're gonna eventually do Titans. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to read some comics. Yeah, and I'd love to do Teen Titans. Some rewatches of that because I love that show back in the day. Eventually, we're gonna do
0: that show because it's hilarious. Some oh, of God. the things in that. I mean, it'll be something. All right. Join us uh, next time for Fuck Batman. (laughs) No, that's not what we're doing. No, no. I promise we're not doing Titans. Still join (laughs) us. We're doing
2: Doom Patrol. I promise. (laughs) Goodbye.